the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD, news from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Carry on my wayward son, there'll be peace when you are done, lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry no Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Hope your weekend's going well. And um, as we talked about right before the break, we were going to jump into an extremely important subject. Uh, and that's, of course, what's going on um, at the border, the southern border these days. Um, we talk about it every now and then because it does tie into the world of finance and business and, of course, national security. And we all know that if we don't have national security, you can't have financial security. That's just a fact. So uh, joining me this morning, my guest, Miss Erin Dwinell. And she is a senior research associate on border security and immigration at the Heritage Foundation. So uh, welcome her in. Good morning, Erin. How are you? Good morning, Chris. I'm doing well. Happy to be on. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate you taking the time to, to join us. So, you know, um, it depending on what your uh, source of information is, some people realize the, uh, the, the chaos down at the southern border. And other people um, probably are kind of in the dark about it. But um, as an expert in the area, how have you seen uh, the southern border change since uh, January 2021 when the new administration took place? Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest changes is just the sheer number of illegal immigrants um, coming across the border. Immediately when the Biden administration took office, they uh, undid a lot of policies um, under the last administration that were working to kind of um, slow that flow of illegal immigration across the nation. And as we see more and more illegal immigrants coming in, you know, the highest numbers, uh, record high numbers, we see them spreading throughout the entire country. So instead of this being a border town issue, this is really becoming a national security crisis, um, an economic crisis, a fentanyl crisis across all 50 states. So it's not something that we can, that anybody can ignore anymore, unfortunately. And, and you know, it's very disheartening because uh, that's exactly what has happened uh, coming up on two years now. And you never know uh, what future damage could come from uh, this situation, especially when it comes to national security. Absolutely. Um, there's, you know, high numbers of folks on the terrorist uh, screening database that Border Patrol is encountering or finding out are in the country after the fact. Um so this is just, you know, we can't know when we're not vetting these individuals who come across the border and either encounter a border patrol or get away. Um, we can't know what kind of folks are coming into the country. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I guess, again, from the, the business standpoint, when we look at um, this massive influx of illegal immigration um, and then you see that right away, 
they're getting uh, certain things like um, whatever, clothes, phones, food, health care if they need it. I don't, I don't even know if they're getting the vaccine, all that kind of stuff. But also the transportation costs for the American taxpayer, whether it's buses, planes, um, you name it. Do we have any idea uh, or can we even wrap our arms around how much this is costing the American taxpayer? Um, So it is costing the average American taxpayer a lot. I can tell you that there are numbers that are coming out every day from um, border states, especially, for example, in Arizona. Um, There's hospitals that are completely overrun. They're spending millions of dollars on health care and emergency room visits for illegal immigrants. Um, And then there's places like New York City. There's places like Chicago. Um, that are spending billions of dollars or millions of dollars in education costs for illegal alien children, um, health care costs. Um, and in New York, for example, $2.1 billion in state funding for unemployment and stimulus benefits um, in just three months for illegal aliens. So, like I said, this is not just a border state issue. Every state across the across the nation, taxpayers are paying for this border crisis. Yeah, no, well, I'm glad you point that out because that's what we always want to focus on, these, you know, hardworking Americans and paying their taxes, and this is, you know, what they get for it. Um, it's, it's really a, a slap in the face uh, for sure. So um, I guess I'll, I'll ask, I mean, I, I think this is great that they're sending these illegal immigrants to New York City, Washington, D.C., Chicago, um, you know, you name it. Um, Do you think that this is going to be uh, something that is effective in really changing the narrative for this administration? Well, I certainly hope so. If nothing else, I hope that it um, encourages the American people and our elected representatives to double down on putting pressure on this administration to get hold of the border. Um, Because a lot of these people, and, you know, I think Martha's Vineyard is the the latest um, place in the news where Governor DeSantis of Florida has just sent, you know, plane loads of illegal immigrants. So these people um, kind of live in these wealthy elite neighborhoods and ignore the border crisis or even support it in some cases are feeling the effects of it and the costs of it in a way they never have before. So I really hope that as we all wake up to the reality that we're facing, that does um, encourage everyone to pressure the Biden administration to do what's best for the American people. And I, I sure hope that they they listen. Yeah. And, and again, I think this is wonderful because literally, like the, like you mentioned, Martha's Vineyard or whatever, this elitist privilege bubble that they live in just got popped and i think it's great and um you know some people could disagree and saying that they're using these people as pawns well number one they're here without due process so you know you kind of signed up for it whether you realize it or not and you're going to have to pay that due um and and then get back in line hopefully and go through the rule of law and become uh, a, a citizen of this great country. So um, do you see that, you know, other, like you said, and everybody's been saying for quite some time, 
um, every state's a border state. Every city's a border uh, crisis city. Um, do you see it spreading? Like, we've named some of the big towns, but is it also going on in small-town America? Um, absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's a state that is untouched. Um, a good example, unfortunately, is the Sentinel crisis. Um, we know that fent- the large bulk of Sentinel comes across the U.S.-Mexico border um, and goes throughout our entire country. It's the leading cause of death among 18 to 45-year-old Americans. So um, that doesn't discriminate based on somebody's geographic location. That's all across the country. Um, so it, there is no place that's that's untouched at this point by the border crisis. Yeah, again, perfect uh, example of um, of just how dangerous and how multi-pronged uh, this crisis is, like you said, bringing up the fentanyl. Um, and uh, it's just terrible. I mean, literally, people are dying every day from overdoses. And you just referenced that age bracket. We talked about that earlier in the program. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and uh, wrap up our conversation with our guest this morning, Miss Erin Dwinell. And uh, she is Senior Research Associate uh, when it comes to border security and immigration at the Heritage Foundation. And uh, we'll get some more of her insight in just a minute. And I'm Wayne Staley. We're the owners of Potomac Tile and Carpet in Frederick. The fire of September 7th is behind us, and we've moved the store temporarily to Bite Court, about two miles from the store. This is the time of the year that we have our store-wide fall sale, and it's in progress right now. As usual, everything in the store is on sale. Ceramic, luxury vinyl, carpet, hardwood, and a new way to accommodate remnant buyers. I think you're going to really like it. But not only is everything in the store on sale, but we also are including 12 months of interest-free financing to qualified buyers. This sale is always a big event for us, and we will continue the pricing through November. Now how to get here. Take Opossumtown Pike out past FCC, turn right on Hayward Road, then a left on Bite Drive. We're across the street from the Marriott Spring Hill Suites. I hope you think about us next time you need flooring, because at Potomac Tile and Carpet, we're always thinking about you. Make the season even brighter with beautiful jewelry from JTV. Shop JTV.com and get $25 off your purchase of $50 or more when you use code RADIO25. You'll discover more than 40,000 jewelry designs and gifts. That's enough to keep everyone on your list sparkling all season long. Plus, new customers will receive $40 in brilliant cash to use toward their next jewelry purchase. Shop JTV.com and use code RADIO25 and fill your holiday with sparkle. Ashley's Black Friday sale starts now, and it's your chance to get early access to Ashley's best Black Friday furniture deals throughout the store. Shop now and save 25% off all your favorite Ashley furniture styles, or get 60 months no interest financing. Ashley's sofas starting at $3.99, six-piece dining sets $4.99, recliners $2.49, queen beds your choice $2.49, thousands of items in stock ready for delivery. Beat the crowds, decorate your home, and get the best Black Friday deals now at Ashley in Frederick, Hagerstown, and Chambersburg. Free talk with news, weather, traffic, and sports for Mid-Maryland that you can count on. 930 WFMD. 
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. Wrapping up our conversation with our guest this morning, Miss Erin Dwinell. And uh, she is a senior research associate on border security and immigration at the Heritage Foundation. Wrote a really good piece this week. Sanctuary cities, border crisis cost, and a rude awakening for the left. And you can go to heritage.org and uh, just uh, type in or search Aaron, and Aaron Dwinell will come up. And you can read not only that, but other great pieces uh, that she's done. And we're always thankful to our friends over at the Heritage Foundation for the good, hard, honest work that they do. So um, I guess, Aaron, one of the things that, you know, uh, a lot of people are, well, if they're not curious about it, they should be. And I would assume you have, uh, you know, kind of your finger on the pulse. That comes to uh, Border Patrol. And we know that the last administration literally went and sat down and talked with them uh, before the election and said, what do you want? What do you need? What do we have to do to make things right? And then the last administration embraced that and followed through on it. And now we see that it's it seems like they're totally demoralized and they're doing things administratively that they shouldn't be doing. And that takes them away from securing the border. Is is that kind of what's going on or did I misread it? No, you're right on the money, Chris. I think that's absolutely what's happening. Um, You're right. There's countless stories of completely demoralized Border Patrol agents Um, Border Patrol agents basically saying they put on their uniform and they go to work in the morning and they realize they're a part of the biggest human smuggling operation in history as a country because they're being asked to just kind of process these illegal aliens into the country. They're not being allowed to do their job to stop people at the border, to turn people back. Um, So they are not being allowed to do the work they want to do because their hands are tied by President Biden, by Vice President Harris, by Secretary Mayorkas of the Homeland Security Department. Um, And their funding for Border Patrol under this administration has actually gone up. But the problem is that the funding is going toward, like you said, these administrative processing procedures, right? just more incentives for these these illegal immigrants to come across the border and basically just be released into the country and be provided with food, shelter, transportation. So they're not uh, being allowed to enforce our nation's immigration laws, even though, <laughs> of course, this administration has increased funding for everything. Um, it's being used in the completely wrong way. Yeah, for the wrong reasons, absolutely. And that's that's a shame, too, because, again, we get back to people that get up every morning, take pride in going to work, punching the clock, doing a good job, paying their taxes, living the life that you know they, they're proud of and that they want to live. But then they look at how these uh, tax dollars are spent. Like you said, this is just one example of misuse and of overspending uh, in the wrong area. But I, 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 have you noticed like our, uh, a lot of, like we saw with the uh, law enforcement officials a couple years ago with the whole defund the police thing where you saw a mass ex- exodus, uh, exodus and, and you know, uh, it's hard for them to recruit new good talent. Is that the same thing that the Border Patrol is going through now? 
Oh, I, th- I think so, Chris. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, when you have leadership that doesn't even support the mission um, that you do, um, there's, you know, there's, <laughs> it's no secret that you're going to have difficulty retaining or recruiting um, new agents. Um, and not only do they not support the mission of the Border Patrol, meaning the senior leadership all the way up to the President of the United States, but they actively work against um, these men and women. For example, the whole whipping incident um, that turned out to be a hoax. The President and his administration accused Border Patrol agents on national television of whipping migrants at the border. Um, video and pictures came out, and an investigation was launched, and that was proven to be completely false. And they have yet to retract their statements. They have yet to issue an apology. So these men and women, good Americans, good taxpayer Americans, wake up in the morning, go to work, and they get slandered by their senior leadership. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine a more demoralizing situation. No, I agree. I feel sorry for them. I mean, I don't know if any are listening in this area or not, but I, God bless you and thank you for the work that you do. I know you're, you know, rowing a rock uphill, but... I, I appreciate those that take pride in their job uh, at the CPB and, and try to do a, a good job and, and keep us safe. And like you said, that was all a false narrative and no apology. No, oh, sorry, we got it wrong. Um, and, and much less to acknowledge and to be thankful for that expertise of those Border Patrol agents on those highly trained Horses. I mean, they're obviously a big part of border security, and they've been uh, demonized. Absolutely. And, um, you know, those those folks were put on administrative leave or, you know, the entire unit was affected by that and how much good work um, that they could have been doing during that time that just, you know, they weren't allowed to do yet again because of the false narrative of this administration. Yeah, absolutely. It's really a shame. Well, look, folks, uh, we're out of time. I want to encourage you to, again, uh, uh, take some time and read some of uh, Aaron Dwinell's uh, work. You can go to heritage.org. Just uh, type in Erin, E-R-I-N, and her work will come up. And I know she's going to continue to do a lot of good work, so you can follow uh, her there. Erin, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. I was happy to happy to join. Okay, great. You enjoy the rest of your weekend. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the, the, the one that the article that I saw uh, that Erin did this week, Sanctuary Cities, Border Crisis Cost, and a rude awakening for the left. Um, and like I said, uh, my personal opinion of uh, these illegal aliens being sent to uh, these fancy neighborhoods and these elitist uh, type of places where they have their little country club meetings and cocktail parties and and uh, live in their bubble. Like I said, it's going to get burst. You're going to you're going to live the life of the hardworking American. You're going to see what it's like. So um, uh, we're definitely going to follow that very closely. So that does it for us. Uh, Like I said, we're out of time. Um, I will talk with you uh, on the Morning News Express with Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. We do our business updates, 550, 650, 750. They're live talks, always fun. And uh, then we'll be back here next Saturday uh, for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success.
It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast. Hope your weekend's going well. Uh, as I mentioned right before we got that uh, news break in for you, uh, we were going to be talking with my guest this morning, Dr. Christopher Mannion. He works on uh, family issues at the Population Research Institute. And just a quick heads up, if you want to learn more about that organization, go to pop.org. It's that simple. Um, and uh, we've talked with the organization before. Uh, they have uh, they do some really, really good work, uh, have a lot of free material available at pop.org. I get their emails, and um, the one that I saw this week was intriguing. Personally, uh, when I look at the European Union, obviously there's a lot wrong with it. I was uh, so happy when the British people voted back in 2016 to exit the European Union. Um, And probably the best article I saw on that was in the Wall Street Journal one morning, and it talked about a a Brit— And he was a business owner who walked out, looked up the street, and couldn't read the signs. Basically, they had been overtaken um, by uh, a lot of people that weren't native to there, and it was having a negative impact on their quality of life and and things of that nature. Very interesting. So they voted, and that's, uh, you know, they just exited, and the world didn't end like everybody said it was going to, and the financial uh, hub didn't collapse like everybody said it was going to in London, Um, and life goes on. Well, Hungary is very similar, and I've talked about it in brief a couple times on the radio program where um, they just do things very, very different than most of the European uh, states. So that's why I wanted to have Dr. Christopher Mannion on. Uh, He earned his Ph.D. in government uh, from Notre Dame, spent several years on the staff of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee on Capitol Hill. And uh, and you've probably seen his writing over the years in The Wall Street Journal, National Review uh, and other areas. Good morning. Uh, How are you, Dr. Mannion? Well, it's it's Chris, please, and good morning, and thanks for your invitation. Yes. Glad to be here. Yes, sir, absolutely. Thanks for taking the time to come on, Chris. So um, if you, you know, you and I were talking uh, briefly before uh, we got on the air here, and you had mentioned um, that you actually lived in Hungary, uh, spent time there for a while. Can you give us a sense of, of what the country's like for those of us who haven't been uh, too hungry uh, as far as the, 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 the climate the um the the landscape the countryside the people sure it uh i've visited hungary many times because of both political uh, reasons when i was on the staff of the foreign relations committee and when i was studying in austria right next door and then some business uh, transactions that brought me that back uh in uh, the later years, and it's a fascinating country because, uh, let's face it, they're a tough people with a tough history. 
they were under Muslim rule for 200 years and uh, had 500 years of coexistence with Muslim peoples. They know them well. And they were under communist rule for 30 years. And so uh, what I learned, both of growing up in a community near Notre Dame where there were a lot of Hungarian exiles, and uh, from my interactions with them since, they're a tough people. There are only 10 million Hungarians in Hungary. They have a vibrant culture, and they know that they have to fight for it. They have to preserve it. So they're, they're tough, and they are defensive. Uh, they are going to preserve what they love, and uh, the countryside is beautiful. They are very traditional in the countryside. Uh, the, uh, it's just so colorful and enjoyable. Uh, I'm a music fan. I've been there with their musicians in Hungary. That's what brought me there. And they are uh, very culturally rich people that want to preserve all that they love. And they, I'd call it Western civilization in brief. Yeah, no, that's that's great and very helpful. And what we see is, um, and uh, by the way, uh, if you go to pop.org, you can um, read uh, the various articles, uh, including about Hungary. And what they find now is uh, themselves uh, kind of being um, sent to the corner by the European Union and the leaders in Brussels. Uh, because uh, they are so um, uh, pro-family, pro-life, um, and and is that and they as far as I'm concerned, they have wonderful leadership with uh, Prime Minister Orban and uh, the president of the country, uh, Catalina Novak. Um, how are they dealing with that? Do you think you know in the European Union, but yet being kind of shunned, if you will? Well, uh, they're tough folks. And uh, they have no apologies. Uh, the April elections uh, confirmed the Hungarian support for their pro-family. Uh, and as an economist, you'd understand the importance of family because people are the most valuable resource. And they endorse family growth. They reward it with tax uh, compensation for large families. Uh, they are pro-life because they understand from the European Union's point of view that they are never they aren't going to last for long, only 10 million people, if they start aborting their own children and allowing them to be replaced like the rest of Europe, unfortunately, being replaced by immigrants. Uh, in 2015, Ambassador Zabel told me that there were 80,000 illegal immigrants coming through Hungary every day. 80,000. You do the math. Uh, they didn't want to stay in Hungary because Hungary's welfare benefits weren't big enough. They wanted to go to Germany and Sweden. And what's happened to Germany and Sweden is that the Immigrants that have gone there are much more proportionally in the welfare lines than in the workplace, and that would have destroyed Hungary in 10 years. So in 2015, they built a fence that has made the Europeans very mad, even though European law requires law and order, just like the United States 
has laws that are totally ignored by this administration. The EU has ignored its own laws because it's ignored its own future by having so few children. The average birth rate in Europe is almost uh, one child uh, per family. Yeah. And uh, by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, um, talking with my guest, Dr. Christopher Mannion, um, and uh, he got his Ph.D. in government from Notre Dame, uh, was on the staff at the Senate Foreign Relations Committee on Capitol Hill and um, has written uh, uh, various uh, pieces in The Wall Street Journal and other uh, publications and uh, does a, a lot of work at the um, the. Uh, Population Research Institute, which you can go to pop.org, and uh, and if you're driving, don't try to write that down. Although it is pretty easy to remember, uh, just give me a call and I'll give you that uh, website information. And um, so they are totally bucking the trend. I think that's why I'm I'm so um, in all of them uh, in Hungary because they are so not like the European Union. And like you said, they don't want they want to reward things that that matter and that make sense, like family, like life, like hard work, not welfare um, tradition, as you had mentioned a couple times, you had used that word. Um, so they seem to be and, and obviously it's working because if they have all of those uh, immigrants coming through and not staying, they know that they can get, you know, uh, bigger handouts elsewhere. So I give them a lot of credit. I mean, we're talking about a country that's roughly the size of the state of Kentucky here in the United States. And uh, they really are digging in and making a positive difference, it sounds. Well, they are because uh, they are standing out uh, against the European Union, which is, it's curious, getting more and more militant about its pro-abortion stance at the European Parliament. Uh, In June last year, they passed an uh, uh, um, abortion resolution calling for its inclusion, the right to abortion in international law, which is not currently in international law or the EU law. Then along comes the U.S. Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health decision last June returning the family issues to the states constitutionally and to the people, and they condemned the U.S. Supreme Court at the European Union uh, Parliament. It's hilarious, and it's interesting because every European country, everyone has a stronger abortion law, anti-abortion law, than the Biden administration once, which is abortion all the way through the ninth, uh, ninth month and probably a few more days after that. So the, the parliament has taken Hungary as a personal insult, a personal insult. And yet I met our president, Steve Mosier, at, popu- at pop.org. That's easy to remember when you're in the car, pop.org. Steve was in China doing research on uh, the the cultural uh, aspects of uh, rural life when they had the one-child policy initiated. And I found Steve when he was kicked out of China and Stanford for revealing that we brought him to Washington and we revealed to the world the one-child policy, which today 
has produced a very aged population with fewer children, more old folks, and it's an image of what would happen to the whole world if in two generations everybody had one child or less. That's, uh, that's people. People are prosperity. Uh, that's the key to prosperity is children, is people. They're the world's greatest resource, and that's what we've learned from the population demographic crisis. The Erdogan, the strongman in Turkey, has told Turks in Turkey to have three children. He understands. You know what he told children, what families in uh, the European Union, because there are millions of Turks there, have five children. He knows that the future belongs to children. Yep, just like it always has. No, that's an excellent point. Um, I really appreciate it. We're going to squeeze in a quick break. And when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with my guest this morning, Dr. Christopher Mannion, and um, we'll learn more about what's going on in Hungary. Maybe he has an opinion on um, the uh, new, soon-to-be new prime minister, Malonis, uh, uh, in Italy as well, because she seems to be cut from the same cloth, at least so far, what she said, uh, like the Hungarian leadership. As heard on the Morning News Express. Apparently, as of Monday, after the Monday's talent, still 7,700 ballots? Are you blanking, kidding me? The week after the midterms are over and the results are still up in the air. The debacle that is the mail-in ballot process. The premier dental arts Morning News Express. Waking you up with the best news, information, and stimulating talk with Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. Right here from 5 to 9 on 930 WFM. The tradition continues at the 39th Annual Maryland Christmas Show, an award-winning arts and crafts event bringing together many top artisans and craftsmen to make your holiday shopping an enjoyable event. It's a two-weekend event beginning Friday, November 18th, 19th, and 20th, and the following weekend on the 25th, 26th, and 27th. The hours are from 10 to 5 on Friday and Saturday and 10 to 4 on Sunday. The tradition continues. Come enjoy the Maryland Christmas Show at the Frederick Fairground. Visit online at MarylandChristmasShow.com. Go Griffith Plumbing. We offer a variety of plumbing services. Do slow drains have you on edge every time you flush? Has your hot water stopped flowing? Do you have a plumbing leak? No worries. We're here to help with all of your plumbing needs. We understand that plumbing problems are very stressful and usually unexpected. When your plumbing issues have you down in the dumps, go Griffith Plumbing by calling 301-797-4533 or visiting gogriffithplumbing.com. Tell us how we can help you. It's Maryland Terrapins football on WFMD. A service of H.C. Summer, Feed and Supply in Jefferson, and the Murray Financial Group. The Terps play Ohio State this Saturday afternoon starting at 2.30 on 9.30 WFMD.
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can check it out there. And um, I mentioned at the beginning of the show earlier uh, that we've got our 25-year anniversary coming up. Uh, Last year, if you were fortunate to be with us, we had uh, Dr. Ben Carson on, and he shared that anniversary. Uh, By the way, we uh, actually uh, received an award for that, uh, uh, an award of excellence for that interview. So thanks for being part of that. And uh, this morning, another really good interview, talking with uh, Dr. Christopher Mannion. He um, works at the Population Research Institute. Go to pop.org, and you can see uh, a lot of the work that they do there. And um, uh, we're going to wrap up our conversation on the other side here. So, um, so Chris, um, I had mentioned about you know the the European Union being uh, hostile now to Hungary. Uh, they actually did some things in Parliament, from what I understand. Um, you know, again, not officially recognizing Hungary like they have in the past. Do you think that's going to make any difference, uh, or will they, the Hungarians just let that roll off their back? Well, they're going to do their best. And let me say I congratulate you for that 25 years. My dad had a program, a radio program, for 25 years in the 50s through the 70s. It was a pioneering one in those days before talk radio and all the rest, but he was Mr. Conservative, introduced the country to Barry Goldwater in 1958 and so on. I salute you because I know how hard it is. I grew up with it. Yeah, no, well, thank and you for I that. I appreciate that the it. Hungarians know how hard it is to answer your question about how to deal with opposition. You've got to be true to yourself, and their self-image is one of a cultural depth including faith and family, which the Europeans have not lost, but have allowed to be dimmed by the desire for self-indulgence rather than uh, self-protection. And uh, if if you could sum it up that way, I think that Hungary is going to be as tough as it can. But listen, they were under communist rule for 30 years. And they feel it. They know it. They have. Uh, I, I've. Uh, I, I've been there. And the, the first thing they'll do is show me where the Russian tanks came in 1956, when the revolution was uh, begun and failed. So uh, Cardinal Menzeni was hiding in the basement of uh, the U.S. embassy in Budapest for years until he was finally released. These are tough people. Yeah, it sounds like it. Bend. Yeah, and you use that word often, tough, and I, it, I, I'm sure it's it's very accurate from what they sound like. And then, you know, just some basic information I was able to find and research before our conversation that uh, over 37 percent are Roman Catholics, and then you have 18 over 18 percent non-denominational, uh, a small Jewish population, a small Lutheran population. But it just in general, like you said, it sounds like a a country of faith uh, that really is committed to those things that are so important, like family and life and uh, traditional values. Well, the uh, even in the United States, uh, we all get along, but those fundamental realities of limited government 
no other civilization in history believed in liberal and limited government until Western civilization decided that government had to be limited because we are created for a future home that is eternal, and politics can't deliver that. Yeah, absolutely. Every other regime in the world, every other civilization, the emperor is also the god. Yep, and all we have to do is just pay attention to that history, right? But for some reason, people act like it didn't happen or that they can do it better. So before we run out of time, uh, what is your take on the uh, soon-to-be Italian prime minister? What do you think of her? Well, uh, I did teach in Rome for a year and learned uh, I was in Rome and there was never a government. They were constantly in chaos. And God bless the Italians. Uh, they're uh, they're wonderful people, uh, but uh, order is not their their first priority. This gal is pro family. She is pro Italy, and she is the dirty word nationalist. She believes that Italy should survive as Italy and not be absorbed into a bureaucratic conglomerate of the European Union. Immediately, that's an insult to you-know-who. Yeah, and and yet it makes so much sense because we've seen all of the damage. Literally, we've seen what's come out of Brussels uh, with, you know, these uh, people trying to uh, control all of these states, which many of them, like we were talking about Hungary and now, you know, Italy, based on the voting, um, they don't want that anymore, you know, and I mentioned earlier with uh, with Great Britain, the same thing. They just want to, you know, they want to live their lives and they want less government. They don't want to be told what to do. They just want actually Brussels to get out of their way, it sounds like. Well, nobody likes an unelected bureaucrat telling them what to do. Yeah, for sure. No, you're you're 100 percent right. Um, unfortunately, we're out of time. But again, you can go to pop.org and uh, find my guest this morning, Dr. Christopher Mannion, and a lot of other really good stuff there. Uh, his work and other work uh, that they uh, that they do at the Population Research Institute. Um, so check that out. OK, Chris, thanks so much for spending time with us. It was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Thanks for the invite, Chris, and congratulations again. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, by the way, um, he's a a granddad as of last week. I forgot to bring that up. So uh, God bless him and his family, uh, especially with that new grandbaby. And uh, that does it for us. Uh, Unfortunately, we're out of time. So we'll uh, uh, wrap things up here. And um, I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express. That's weekday mornings, live calls with uh, Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. And um, and then um, that's five fifty, six fifty, seven fifty, and then we'll be back here uh, next Saturday for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. And if you missed anything from the program today, like I said, you need the uh, website address or names or any of that, uh, feel free to to give me a shout, and I'll make sure I get it to you. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. Girl, you just don't realize what 
Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com, a service of Holtzapel Heating and Air Conditioning. News Radio 930, WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 7 o'clock.